because of their heritage, um, both man-made and God-made traditions. The God-appointed traditions which they observed had the express purpose of pointing them to the ultimate sacrifice which God one day provide to wipe away their sins once and for all and to show them their eternal heaven or eternal home in heaven. So in chapter 1, Paul demonstrated that Christ is superior to the angels. In chapter 2, um, we saw the greater salvation rather than the salvation that they were seeking at that time, which was um, uh, a, fr a freedom from the Roman oppression. Um, in chapter 3, we saw Christ Jesus, the faithful high priest and apostle. Um, in chapter 4, we saw the promise of rest or peace by simply accepting that nothing else is needed for their salvation than Christ's provision on the cross. He fulfilled all those Old Testament types. Um, in chapter 5, we saw that not only was Christ the sacrifice, but he was also the compassionate God-appointed high priest who presented himself as the sacrifice. In chapter 6, we saw um, Christ, the hope of glory. In chapter 7, we saw um, that Christ was the antitype of Melchizedek. Um, in chapter 8, which we finished off last time, um, we saw the new covenant. This week, we'll be looking at the superiority of the blood of Christ um, in chapter 9. Uh, in chapter 10, Christ ushers in a new covenant. Uh, in chapter 11 will be the hall of faith. Chapter 12 reveals the fact that they, are ne they now stand before the city of the living God in contrast to when the Israelites stood before the mount after leaving Egypt. And then in chapter 13, um, we'll see how um, once armed with all uh, this this knowledge that Paul has um, uh, encouraged those Jewish Christians with, that how, you know, and as they settle in the all-sufficiency of Christ, um, how they should now live as a result. And so um, this week we're going to be looking at the all-sufficiency of the blood of... So let's pray. Dear Father, we do thank you for this opportunity of being able to... Um, uh, look through and study the book of Hebrews and, and see um, the all-sufficiency um, of Christ, Father, and be reminded um, uh, of all these things that, that we've looked at so far. We look forward to what you have to show us throughout the rest of the book. And we pray, Father, um, that you'll just empower me to um, preach your word as, as you would have me to, to only say those things which you'd have me to say. And Father, we pray that you will soften each of our hearts and each of our minds, that we would be open and receptive to what you have to say um, to each of us this morning. And we pray that you will speak to us and that your name will be honoured and glorified throughout. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get somebody to grab me a glass of water, please? Um, okay, so Hebrews chapter 9. There is no question about the importance of blood in the Bible. As we are told that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. That is, that unless blood is shed for us, we cannot have our sins forgiven and we cannot hope to have a home in heaven with God for eternity. So there, there is a lot of old and new first and second in this book. 
Um, and, we, and, and we've seen that already. And this chapter, it's about the blood um, of bulls and goats being the old and the blood of Christ being the new. Um, the time of this change is referred to in verse 10 as the time of reformation. Thanks, Dad. And then in verse 26, it's referred to as the end of the world. And Christ spoke of these necessary changes while he was here on earth um, in Matthew chapter 9. So we'll turn back to Matthew chapter 9. And verse 14. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast oft, but the disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment and the rent is made worse verse 17 neither do men put new wine into old bottles else the bottles break and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish but they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved so we see there the old and the new and the, and you can't combine the two you know the, the new replaces the old and and that's looking forward um, to these changes um, that, that we've been highlighting through, um, through the book of Hebrews that the Jews, that the Jews have to deal with. You know, they, they've got all these, um, you know, these traditions that they have um, been observing for millennia as, as a nation, you know, that's in ground in them. And, and so, and, and they've, and they've been looking forward to the Messiah, okay? And, and the struggle, uh, part, of, part of their struggle is that Christ that was, you know, here on earth only um, a short period of time before this book was written is that Messiah. Um, but he had to first come and die before he could come and um, in in the role of Messiah, and so um, that's you know that's that's part of their struggle, is is adopting um, this new way of thinking, you know this change from having to um, daily uh, offer up these sacrifices, which were all, you know they all pictured Christ, they all pointed to Christ. So once Christ came, you know all those sacrifices are no longer necessary. Because Christ has fulfilled um, all those types. And they struggled with that um, because it's so ingrained in their culture um, and, and in their thinking. And so Paul is helping them through that, um, through this uh, book of Hebrews. Um, now, just a couple of thi more things about um, this chapter. So blood is, um, is the main theme of, of this chapter. Um, the blood is, is mentioned 22 times in the book of Hebrews. 
Um, so there's 13 chapters in the book of Hebrews. Um, of those 22 times, blood is mentioned 12 times in this chapter alone. Okay, so it's a pretty important part of um, this chapter, you know, and indeed of our salvation. Um, also, um, first is mentioned six times in this uh, in, in this chapter and fourteen times in the book. Um, so we, we we have you know the first and second um, you know old and new is is a, a big theme of this chapter. Um, the tabernacle is mentioned six times in this chapter, nine times in the book, um, and um, testament is. The, and this is just the English word testament, okay, is mentioned six times in this chapter, seven times in the book. Um, however, as we'll see later, um, last, when we, we covered chapter eight, covenant is the same Greek word, okay? Um, and and we'll, we'll see that a little later on in the message. Okay, so firstly, we're going to look at the earthly... Um, uh, instrument yes, in verses 1 through to 22 okay verses 1 through to 10 we have the tabernacle um, then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service in a worldly sanctuary for there was a tabernacle made the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread which is called the sanctuary and after the second veil the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant, and over it the cherubims of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself, and for the errors of the people the holy ghost this signifying the into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing verse one so the covenant we we saw the covenant in 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 chapter eight we saw the first covenant which was established under um moses um back there in exodus um and in in chapter eight however they were looking forward to the covenant of the new millennium okay and we saw that in the last um uh part of chapter uh, chapter eight where you know god said that he he would write his law on their hearts um, and they wouldn't have to teach each other anymore and so in ch in chapter eight that second covenant is looking forward to the millennium okay um and 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 that's providing the link then between chapter 8 and, and this chapter. Um, in chapter 8, the focus was on Christ the Messiah. In this chapter, however, the focus is on Christ the Saviour. Um, now in verses 2 to 8, we have the physical tabernacle or temple as it existed then. In verse um, 7, but in, into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. So that only the high priest could go into the holiest of all. Um, he only did that once a year 
he had to um, take with him um, blood, which was for um, himself and for the people. So he couldn't go in without blood. Um, and then in verse 8, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the list of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. So this first covenant was a picture or a type or a shadow or a figure, um, which is that word figure is used in verses 9 and 24, or a pattern, which word is used in verse 23, of God's perfect covenant, which is here spoken of. It is upon this covenant that the new covenant of chapter 8 is spoken of. Okay, so the covenant of chapter 8, which was looking forward to the millennium, it's, it's based on this covenant that Paul is talking about um, here now, um, which is the second um, testament. Verse 9, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Okay, so in the first tabernacle, you know, the, the priests, they, they, uh, they offered the blood sacrifices but it was only a picture which was looking forward to what God would accomplish through Christ one day in the future. Okay, so all these um, sacrifices and everything around the tabernacle, which was established under the Mosaic um, covenant, was a picture or a figure looking forward to what Christ would one day um, accomplish. And so they weren't effectual in purging us of our sins or purging the Israelites of their sins um, that they, they were only a picture for them to look forward to um, verse 10 which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation okay so all this was taking place until the time of reformation um, that is the time of gospel, when Christ would fulfill all this during his ministry here on earth. And then in verses 11 through to 22, we see the New Testament or covenant. Now, just, just remember too that as we, we are having a quick trip through um, the book of Hebrews, um, you could you, you could you could park um, throughout the book of Hebrews, um, you know, for quite some time, and, and, and you know you, you could literally spend years going through um, uh, the, the book of Hebrews. Um, but I'm, uh, you know, all, all all I'm trying to achieve is you know giving us a quick um, overview. Of of the um, uh, of the book, so you know, whilst you could go into much more detail than what I have gone into, um, you know, it, I, I sort of really want to touch on the main the main points and the, and the big picture of the book of Hebrews. Okay, so in verses eleven through to twenty two, we have the New Testament. Um, but in verse eleven, but Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, 
Okay, so there but, you know, but Christ being come and high priest. So we've already seen Christ as the high priest um, of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. That is a tabernacle that is heavenly, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. So he's not, he's, he's not of the tabernacle that it, or, or the temple that existed at that time. That was merely a picture of the heavenly. You know, remember when, um, when, we, uh, when we looked at chapter 8, you know, we, we saw that, um, that Moses, you know, he, he was given a pattern or a design for the tabernacle. And, you know, I can't help but think that, he, that, that God actually gave him a glimpse of the heavenly tabernacle. Um, and, um, and so, you know, and that's, and that's, what, he, that's what he drew his, his pattern from for the tabernacle is because God gave him a, a, a glimpse of the heavenly tabernacle and how, um, and how, and how amazing that would have been um, uh, for him. So, um, so we see here in verse 11, Christ, the high priest. In verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Okay, so, um, so by the blood of Christ, he obtained eternal redemption for us. And this is not entering into the earthly temple. You know, he didn't present himself as the blood, sac you know, as, as the blood sacrifice before, you know, like into the holies in the earthly um, temple. You know, he presented his blood, you know, in the heavenly um, holy of holies. Verses 13 and 14, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh. Okay, so um, the, the, um, the, the blood that was shed in the ceremonies, um, you know, they were effectual in sanctification. Okay, not in, not in, their, in, in their position, but in, in sanctification. Verse 14, so how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve um, the living God. The superiority of the blood of Christ over that of animals. The Jews thought that all the ordinances around the tabernacle were important and they were. They were important. They were a picture of what was to come. Um, but how much more important is the antitype of all of those um, offerings and ceremonies, you know, which was in Christ? How important um, was that? And, and, that's, and that's, that's what Paul is trying to achieve here. He's, he's trying to get these um, Jews in Palestine, these Jewish Christians, you know, they're, they're thinking away from, you know, the, the blood sacrifices and everything that were... Um, that was a part of their culture up to that point, um, and their eyes on the all-sufficiency of Christ. They don't need, they don't need to continue in all the sacrifices. Christ has fulfilled everything, and they can rest in that. 
Um, and we saw in chapter 4 the importance of resting in that. You know, th there's, there's peace that comes with that. Um, and we saw um, at the end of chapter 5 that, that that's the reason why they were still only babes, you know, only able to handle the milk of the word because they hadn't gotten past this point in their Christian maturity of resting in Christ and the all-sufficiency of what he has done um, for them and indeed what he has done for us. Okay, verse 15. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive um, the promise of eternal inheritance. So Christ, the mediator of the New Testament or covenant. Moses was the mediator of the first, Christ the second. Then in verses 16 through to 22, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission. Now, um, this we need to turn back to Exodus chapter um, chapter twenty four to start off with. So Exodus chapter twenty four is before Moses goes up to the mountain um, to get the pattern um, for the tabernacle and the law and everything. Okay, so that's, that's where Exodus chapter 24 is. So reading from verse 1, And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told them all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said, we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and builded an altar uh, under the hill and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has said will we do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Then went up Moses, Naaron, Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of, of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. So we have there 
um, the the dedication of you know that first part of the covenant there in in chapter 24 and then over in chapter 40 so just turn over to Exodus chapter 40 so this is after um, the you know Moses has been up to the um, the top of the mount twice he's received he's received the law he's received the pattern of the tabernacle um, they've they've built the tabernacle they've erected the tabernacle and so here in Exodus chapter 14 we have the dedication of um, the tabernacle and Verse 8, And thou shalt set up the court round about and hang up the hang of the court gate. And thou shalt take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is therein, and shalt hallow it and all the vessels thereof, and it shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all his vessels and sanctify the altar, and it shall be an altar most holy. And thou shalt anoint the laver and his foot and sanctify it, and so on. And so they go through... Uh, anointing um, uh, the tabernacle now it doesn't mention here in Exodus chapter 40 um, this like the use of the blood but apparently um, uh, tradition at, at you know at um, New Testament time you know by the time Paul is writing the book of Hebrews um, that was an accepted part of their Jewish tradition is that that's what happened um, at that time that's just what the commentators say. Um, but, you know, the, the Moses set up the, the pattern for himself of dedicating um, the covenant there in chapter 24. And then, you know, it, it's quite feasible to accept that, you know, he did a similar thing here in Exodus chapter 40. But that's, but that's what this section in Hebrews chapter 9 verses 6 through to 22 is referring back to. Um, is back to that act here in Exodus. Okay, um, and then in verse 22, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. And and so that's that famous um, verse, you know, the importance of the shedding um, of blood. Now we start to look. Um, you know, to the heavenly in verses 23 to 28. So we'll just read that section. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation excuse me, of the world. But now once in the end of the world, he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. 
So verse 23. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. The earthly things are a pattern of the heavenly, the difference being that the heavenly needs to be purified with a better sacrifice or a pure sacrifice. Verse 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Christ didn't go into the earthly holy of holies, but into heaven itself to appear in the presence of um, for us. And you know, think about that. A holy God for a wicked creature, wicked creatures such as I, um, or, or such as we. What a glorious God and what a glorious um, saviour that he did that for us. Um, you know, in Hebrews chapter 12, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You know, it's, it's, it's humbling to think that, um, you know, that he, he, did, he, he did all that for the joy of having eternal um, fellowship with those of us who accept that free gift of salvation. Um, you know, even though we don't, don't deserve it, even though, um, you know, like even as, as he, he hung on the cross and, you know, the people standing at the bottom of the cross ridiculing him, mocking him, and yet he stayed there for them, for us. Um, you know, what, what a wonderful saviour we have. Um, and you know, one day we get to um, spend eternity with God. Um, not just, not just our, our, our daily quiet times. Um, you know, so snippets of spending time with God um, each day but we get to spend eternity with God one day um, and you know what are that's going to be and um, you know we, we can certainly look forward to that day but meanwhile um, we need to be busy about um, being a faithful witness and testimony here on earth um, and so you know for us, you know, the, 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 book, the book of Hebrews helps to equip us for that ministry, you know, because the focus is on Christ. Um, sure, we, we, don't, we don't have um, the traditions to wrestle with that the Jews had to, in, you know, in that changeover period. You know, that's all happened in our, like, you know, we don't have that to deal with. Um, the Jews do still, you know, and, and you know, it, it's certainly um, uh, applicable for, um, for any unsaved Jews today or saved Jews today to, to hear this. But, you know, it's, it's good for us um, to, um, you know, to appreciate the all-sufficiency of Christ and what he did for us. Um, 
So what a glorious saviour we have. Verse 25. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. Um, so the, the, the high priest had to go once a year and, and in, into the holy of holies. But Christ only has to do it once. He only has to present his blood to the heavenly holy of holies um, once. Um, verse 26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Um, you know, if, if, a one, you know, if it wasn't just a once for all act that Christ had to, had to do, he, he would have had to have done it continually since the foundation of the world, you know, and to continue to do so. But because of his perfect sacrifice and how God has, has, has set it all up, he only needs to do it once. Um, verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the, the judgment, um, and verse 28, So Christ once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto, the him, unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. As it is appointed unto man once to die, so Christ only needed to offer up himself as a sacrifice once. After this, he will come again the second time without sin to salvation. This is looking forward to the second coming of Christ as he ushers in the millennium. The salvation here is about saving Israel out of their oppression of the tribulation for the last time. And, you know, when, when, is, when the, um, is the, the part of Israel that's left behind when, when we get raptured, um, the tribulation, you know, is, is for them. And at the end of that, they're going to be looking forward to the millennial reign when Christ comes again the second time because that's, that's the coming that they've been looking forward to. Um, when Christ came the first time, they, they were expecting the Messiah. But they got a saviour first, praise the Lord. Um, and, but the tribulation is going to be the last time that the nation of Israel is under Gentile oppression in that way. You know, what, what, a, what a blessing that will be for the nation of Israel. Um, you know, you, we, we, re we read through the Old Testament and we see, we see the nation of Israel go through their ups and downs, you know, where um, you know, they're, they're faithful to the Lord and, 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 and then they wane. Um, and you know, particularly you know, and, and and the book of Judges really, really highlights that. Um, and you know, they'll they'll serve the Lord for a while, and then and then they forget the Lord and turn their backs on the Lord. And the Lord has to send um, some sort of oppression. You know, might the other nations from around them, and then He uses the likes of Gideon to deliver them um, from that oppression. Well, that pattern ends 
at the start of the millennial reign, at the end of the tribulation. That pattern will no longer continue for the nation of Israel after that. Um, and, what a, and what a blessing um, that will be for, um, for them. Um, remember from chapter 8 that God will write his law on their hearts so that they will not have to teach each other his laws. They will know it. And, this, and that is a second covenant of that chapter 8 um, referred to. So, the all-sufficiency of the blood of Christ is what chapter 9 um, was about. And this theme hasn't finished yet. In chapter 10, we sort of continue this, um, uh, this theme as well. Um, but that's... All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for sending your Son um, to die on the cross for our sins. And, and Father, we thank you that he, that he did shed his blood for our sins. And, um, and then as a result, um, uh, you know, we can um, accept him as our Saviour, Father, because... You said that without the shedding of blood that there is no remission. And so with the shedding of blood, um, as we accept Jesus Christ as our Saviour, Father, we can look forward to a home um, in heaven with you for eternity. And, um, and we thank you and praise you for doing uh, all that for us. Um, and we pray, Father, that you'll help us to be faithful to you um, in being a witness um, while you give us opportunity here on earth. Um, that we may see others get saved as well. Uh, for it's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.